Hey, thanks for joining us at Praise Chapel. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with David Diga Hernandez. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. I'm going to preach a short message, and then we're going to worship, and then we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to move. Amen. Will you just lift your hands across this room, please? Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I ask that you allow this word to penetrate the heart of each and every individual who is present here. We ask you to change us. We ask you to mold us and conform us to the image of your son, Jesus. In your name we pray. And everybody said, Go to 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. This is a very familiar story, but I want to pull out something from this story that you might not have ever noticed before. Now, that book I just handed you, sister, is Encountering the Holy Spirit in every book of the Bible. And in that book, I I show how one of the symbols for the Holy Spirit is oil. So oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit. There's the oil of joy. There's the oil of healing. There's the oil of authority. There are all kinds of oils that come on. When, when people were anointed with oil, they were anointed to be priests. They were anointed to be kings. They were anointed to be prophets. They were anointed for different purposes. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. David was anointed to be king. All of those who were anointed in the scripture were set apart for a specific task to do something. Why? Because the oil represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. We know that the modern day anointing of the believer is the presence of the Holy Spirit upon your life. So, in 2 Kings chapter 4, I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. We see something about the nature of the Holy Spirit that I think is a subtle observation, but it still is something that when you learn it, it will actually change your life. The scripture says in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, one day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me what you have in the house. Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha replied, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. I want everybody to say the Holy Spirit Spirit. is pervasive. pervasive. Now that word pervasive is different than pushy. See, if I'm pushy, it means I'm aggressive. I'm, I'm, I'm bullying Matthew. I'm pushy, right? So pushy means I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this space no matter what you, you say. you got to pretend like I'm strong, okay? I'm going to take this space no matter what you say. I'm pushing him out of the way. That's pushy. The Holy Spirit is not pushy. The Holy Spirit is pervasive. 
He's persistent. He is committed to whatever it is, the task that he's taken up. So if I'm pushy, I'm, I'm, I'm forcing my way into a position. I'm forcing my will. I'm, I'm being aggressive. I'm using my strength. That's not the person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit is very gentle. He, he, he's, he's, many have said he is a gentleman. He doesn't force his way. He asks you, will you surrender this? Will you allow me to move here? Pervasive, I'll give you an example of what pervasive means. When I was a kid, you all know my brother, Pastor Michael in Texas. Okay, when I was a kid, we used to sit in the back seat. And he, he was forced to sit in the middle because my sister was the only girl and I was the older brother, so he got the middle seat. And he hated it. He was very, like, he, he resented the fact that he got the middle seat. And so he would, he would sit in the middle and I, I would have my leg room and he would move his leg just, just, not touching me, but just right on the edge. And I would say, Michael, I'm going to move my leg and you leave your leg there. I just want more space. So I would move my leg over a little bit to the right and he would move his leg a little over to the right. <laughs> and, 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 and he wouldn't push me, but every time I would move over a little bit, he would fill in that empty space. That's what the Holy Spirit's like. When you move a little bit, he moves a little bit. When you move out of the way a lot, he moves in a lot. You know, whatever you leave empty is filled by something spiritual. This is a law of the Spirit. This is a fundamental law of the Spirit. That which is spiritual will always fill what is empty. That which is spiritual can only fill what is empty. Think about what Jesus said. He said, when an unclean spirit comes out of a man, it wanders through the desert, seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return from whence I came. And it says, that spirit returns and finds the house empty, swept, and clean. And then it calls seven others more wicked than itself and returns to that person. And that person's state is worse than before. Why? Because they were delivered, but they left an empty space, so a demonic spirit filled it. Demonic spirits return. That's the scariest thing, I think, about that scripture. They return to see if there's an empty space for them. Anything that is spiritual will seek to fill what is empty. God can only use what is surrendered. He can only bless and multiply what is given. And he can only strengthen that which is weak. And, and, and he can only fill that which is empty. So people need to realize that when they make room for the Holy Spirit, He will fill it. This woman with her jars, that oil that represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. The moment she ran out of space for the oil to go, it stopped flowing. The moment that there was nowhere else that that oil could fill, it stopped flowing. The Holy Spirit will only go as far as you allow Him. If you don't let him touch that attitude, he won't touch that attitude. If you don't let him touch that mindset, he won't touch that mindset. One of the prayers I prayed when I first got saved was, Lord, let my hands be your hands. I want you to heal through them and I want you to touch through them. 
Lord, let my eyes be your eyes. I want to see things, people, and situations the way you see them. Lord, let my ears be your ears. I want to hear your voice. Let my mouth be your mouth. I want to speak your word. Let my feet be your feet. I want to go where you tell me to go. Let my heart beat as one with yours. Let my being be your being. Crucify my will and in its place resurrect your own. That is surrender to the Holy Spirit. He will only fill that which is empty. The the flow of the oil does not stop as long as you keep surrendering. If there is a jar for him to fill, he will fill that jar. But the problem is, is we crowd out the Holy Spirit, not realizing that he will not force his way back in. He waits for you to invite him. We crowd out the voice of the Holy Spirit by what we put in our ears. We crowd out the voice of the Holy Spirit by what we allow ourselves to think. We crowd out the Holy Spirit by neglecting prayer, by neglecting the Word, by neglecting worship, by neglecting service in the ministry. We crowd out the Holy Spirit, and in His place we put television. In His place we put social media. In His place we we place the, the pursuit of riches and financial gain. And we crowd out the work that He wants to do. If you're looking for a fresh flow of oil, then look for something in your life to surrender. If you're feeling stagnant, if you're feeling tired, if you feel like it's the same old, same old, it's because you haven't surrendered something new. Paul the Apostle said, I die daily. Now think about where he was spiritually. That man, if anybody was spiritual, it was Paul the Apostle. But even he said, there's so much flesh left in me, I still have to die every single day. There's something in you that can be surrendered every single day. And sometimes we have to surrender the same thing that we did yesterday. And sometimes we have to surrender the same thing that we thought we put down 10 years ago. Bitterness. Anger impatience, all of these things crowd out the work of the Holy Spirit. But if we will say, Holy Spirit, I want to empty myself. Take anything out of me that doesn't please you. King David prayed, search me, O God. That's an honest prayer to pray, but it's a scary one too. Because if you ask the Lord to search you and to remove from you that which he does not like, he'll do it. We need to be people who say, Holy Spirit, I'm empty and I want you to fill me. Take every part of me. I don't want to crowd you out. I want you to fill every part of my life. We need to leave room for the moving of the Holy Spirit. We need to leave room in our minds in our emotions, in our families, at our workplace, in our ministries. Yes, even in our ministries. That would seem like the place where he'd be allowed to move of all places. 
but sometimes we even crowd him out of ministry and we let skill replace spirit. We let what we're capable of doing replace what he's only able to do. We must commit ourselves anew tonight, starting tonight, to say, Holy Spirit, I want to surrender. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.